Your Washington Nationals are about one month away from this trade deadline, and the Nationals will be very active when it comes to this year's deadline. So who will be shipped off and shipped away here from Washington, D.C.? I'm going to explain that and get to all of those details right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, with our friends over at Game Time. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day, as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm the host, Ryan Clary. You can find me over on Twitter at RyanClary11. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Nationals over on Twitter as well. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. And later on in the show, we're going to preview the NL East and really get into what has been going on as the Nationals have an off day today. Then there was an interesting little story in the Washington Post that we're going to discuss and It has to do with all the free agents that the Nationals have either traded away or have just let walk. And in this case, he has made the case that the Nationals made the right decision. So we're going to discuss that and really take a look from that and get into all of it. But before we get into this early trade deadline talk, let's talk about our friend Amos Willingham, who pitched an inning in the major leagues yesterday against the Seattle Mariners in that win in Seattle. Shout out to Amos. He was on this show. If you haven't caught up with that interview, you can catch it wherever you get your pods and as well over on YouTube. Great dude. And I think he's going to be here to stay in the big leagues because the Nationals, they need some pitching help from that bullpen. And I think Amos will do just that. So catch that. Congratulate him. Shoot him over a message. Great dude. An even better pitcher in the big leagues. But Let's talk about this trade deadline here because we are about a month away from that August 1st trade deadline. And last year at this time, no one was expecting the fact that the Nationals would consider trading away Juan Soto. It wasn't even really discussed. It wasn't even talked about. So the Nationals, the eyes are going to be on them as well this year because you have nice little rentals that we have acquired considering J. Mayor Candelario. Ildemaro Vargas last year, the Nationals scooped them up from the Chicago Cubs. The Nationals have guys that they will be trading here, but let's kind of divvy this up a little bit because you can't trade away everywhere. You can't simple as that, but I do have guys in my opinion who should be traded away and who should be getting compensation for. Now, a lot of people would say, well, why would you trade away someone like J. Mayor Candelario who's on a one year cheap little rental deal for this national team you could consider extending him and while I do like Candelario is he the one who's going to help us down the line just for the now is he someone that we really believe in down this line down throughout his career because he's been up and down this guy has had very good seasons with the Detroit Tigers as of right now he's having a really good season defensively and offensively 
But as I said, we divvied this up into gone categories and then maybe categories. Let me tell you right now. Third baseman Jamer Candelario, he falls in that gone category for myself. And I say that because it is a one-year rental deal. The whole point of signing Jamer Candelario, no one will say this. Mike Rizzo would never say this. No one should ever say this. But it's to trade him at the deadline. It's to hope that he bounces back and finds his swing again because this guy's a switch-hitting third baseman. And oh, by the way, not only is he a good third baseman, he's been very good defensively. And also the switch-hitting aspect of it, someone who can hit for power, someone who's going to hit for slug, all the things that you want him to do, that's what J-Mare does. There's going to be an open market for J-Mare Candelario. So he is my number one on this list when it comes to guys who the Nationals could potentially trade. And I think the Nationals will definitely get that done. In fact, I could see it happening well before the trade deadline. Because there's always a market, not only for a third baseman, someone who's being very good defensively, but there's always a market for a switch-hitting guy in particular, especially when it comes with power. You saw it with Josh Bell last year with this Nationals team, a switch hitter with power, having a very good season. The Nationals were looking to get off that Josh Bell deal. And the reason why that is, is because of the market and the value. Now, you're not just going to trade away J-Mare for a bucket of baseballs. You're going to hold him for a price tag that you think is worthy. And if they ultimately don't reach that price, then guess what? You don't need to make that trade. And the Nationals could very well do that. And I would be okay with it. J-Mare is a good player. But also, at the end of the day, I want this team to still look ahead for the future. And J-Mare Candelario, in my opinion, is for the now, not for the future. This is the reason why we signed him, is to move him at the deadline and to get assets for it. Mike Rizzo has done an exceptional job at trades like this in particular. He may not be the biggest name in the world, but also he's been productive. GMs and scouts, they recognize that. They recognize the production that Jay Mayer has done so far in 2023. So the Nationals, they will definitely be looking to move off Jay Mayer Candelario. That's why he's in my gone category. Now you may ask who also is in that gone category. Corey Dickerson. Left fielder, left-handed bat, power, good, solid defense. Corey Dickerson was also one of those signings in this offseason where Mike Rizzo was like, we're going to get the best out of this guy. Left-handed power bat. He needs to prove and show that he still does have that power. And while he has been a little bit slow the last month or so since coming off the IL, Corey Dickerson still has that pop in his bat. Now, Corey Dickerson is not going to get the demand of a J-Mare Candelario or even like a Kyle Finnegan, to be honest. But Corey Dickerson is one of those guys to where you point at him and you're like, I like the talent. I like what I've seen. But this guy's not going to be staying here. He's not part of the future. He's not one of those puzzle pieces to where Mike Rizzo says, this guy is a building block. Nuh-uh. He was signed for the same exact reason as J-Mare Candelario, a rental to try to move him at the deadline. It's really that simple to me. Now, what could they get for a Corey Dickerson? What is the possible price tag on someone like him? It's not going to be big. It's not going to be too much. Not only has he been a little banged up so far this season, his numbers aren't overwhelmingly good. In fact, they aren't great at all. But still, Someone is going to value a left-handed power bat. And by the way, he has showed a little bit better promise than what his numbers dictate. 
So Dickerson is on that gone category for me as well. And when you talk about what you could get, maybe the 20th best prospect in a team's organization, maybe that. And that's fine. That's what you're kind of supposed to get. It's also a lottery pick for this Nationals team and for this organization. And I think it's a bet that Mike Rizzo and co. are willing to take. And they should be willing to take, by the way. Another goner, in my opinion. Closer. Should be closer. Kyle Finnegan. Kyle Finnegan. I love Kyle Finnegan. I love what this guy does. I love, I think he's just underrated. And I think a lot of Nationals fans and media members out there just kind of undervalue what he has done and what he has been for this Nationals team. But I look at Kyle Finnegan and everyone talks about the bullpen. This Nationals bullpen has not been good. While Kyle Finnegan started off awful this season. Put it that way, awful. He has really stepped it up as of recent. Over the last two months, he's been one of the Nationals' better arms out of that bullpen. Now, while that's not some crazy endorsement, it's still noteworthy because at the deadline, that is usually what's most moved, is bullpen pieces. Those are always a hot commodity. You need depth in the bullpen in order to make that long postseason run as the Nationals did in 2019. Every single year. The bad teams sell off their bullpen, except if they're young, promising arms. So you look at Kyle Finnegan, 30 years old, someone, one of Mike Rizzo's, in my opinion, is kind of a sleepy free agent sign that he had back in 2020. Kyle Finnegan's been a good big league pitcher most of the time, especially last year in 2022, the last half of the season, he was nails for this Nationals team. And now fast forward to 2023, Kyle Fingen will certainly be on that trade market as well. But they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. Utility infielder Ildemaro Vargas. When you talk about Ildemaro Vargas, he's not the flashy name. But he's also that utility guy, like I think uh, Wilmer Defoe back in the day. While Wilmer Defoe, in my opinion, wasn't the player that Ildemaro is now. He had that utility infield depth. You can play him at second. You can play him at short, first. He can really play any position in the infield. And Ildemaro has also shared some time in the outfield as well. That is a value to a postseason team. When we talk about value, it's not hitting for home runs. It's not all about hitting for average, hitting for slugging in this scenario. What it is about, is defense, because that does matter in the postseason. When you make those defensive substitutions, while you don't really see them as much anymore with the DH rules and everything, pitchers not hitting, you don't really have to foul up the lineup too much. But Ildemaro and what he does, you can plug and play this guy, and he will give you a solid defensive effort at basically every position out there. That is of value to a winning team trying to go on a postseason run. So when you tie in all these guys, Ildemaro Vargas, Jamer Candelario, Kyle Finnegan, and Corey Dickerson, all four of those guys are gone at this deadline, in my opinion. And we're still a month away from this deadline. Things could change. Injuries could happen. But looking at those four guys, they are the 100% goners in my mind. It's not to say I don't like them. I like all four of those players, in fact. I think they all play a solid role for this team. In fact, I really like Ildemaro Vargas. I think if he was to get a big crack at a starting job, this guy could be something. But still, Mike Rizzo in this Nationals organization, their eyes are on the future. 
And for some people are like, why would you trade away these players? Like, what does it really mean to us? You're forgetting something. Do you remember 2021 when we traded away John Lester, who had a 4-5 ERA? I don't even know if it was that low. He was terrible with us. What did Mike Rizzo do? Flip him for Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas, the outfield all-star right now for this Nationals team. The all-star. That is why you look at trades early and often, and when you say, why trade this guy? Is it really going to take that much value back? You never know with Mike Rizzo, man. Mike Rizzo, he does these trades, and he does them exceptionally well. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Let me tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. And guys, Game Time is one of the favorite apps out there for me because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be uh, stressful or even manic at times. What are some things you like about the Game Time app experience, you may ask? Well, what I like? Flash deals and last-minute tickets and easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. But my favorite part about Game Time is the images of seat views. You can see where your view is. Is there any obstruction in the way? Will I be able to see Juan Soto when San Diego comes back in town? Will I be able to see Ellie De La Cruz when he comes in town next week? You can catch that over on Game Time and find everything for you. So forget planning in months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now we get back into it as Thomas Boswell of the Washington Post. Very good writer. It's a very good story. So make sure to check it out over on the Washington Post. But he wrote a story today with the headline, The Nationals were right to let their beloved stars leave. And obviously we know the beloved stars. Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, uh, name them, Bryce Harper. All these different guys that have left the Washington Nationals. And all of us, including myself, were very unhappy about. But he kind of flips the script a little bit here and discusses why the Nationals were right. So the question is simple. Were the Nationals right to let these guys know? My answer, unfortunately, it's not as simple as that. While Trey Turner, yes, he struggled with the Philadelphia Phillies. While Max Scherzer, I agree with letting him go. A little older in his career, right hand and arm. I love Scherzer but he's really not going to be of value to this Nationals team currently. What type of difference would he make on this Nationals team? I look at him. That was an obvious one, in my opinion. But the two ones that I think a lot of people had the issues with, me in particular, number one, Trey Turner. Because we know about the Scott Boris thing. He's not a Scott Boris client. So that was kind of the hope with Nationals fans that he's going to be the one. He will be the one that we will extend that we will keep him as our franchise shorts up in the face of our franchise alongside Juan Soto. But no, the Nationals traded him two years ago in 2021, and they got back a decent haul for him in Max Scherzer. So the big picture question is, did the Nationals do the right thing? Were they in the right to let these guys go? And it's not that simple. You can't just say that this team did the right thing by letting all these superstars walk. No, 
Because if they were to hold on to these guys like a Juan Soto, like a Trey Turner, while it may not be what how bad it is right now and how bad it has been over the last year and a half, it's not as simple as saying, yeah, you should have let these guys walk. Or no, you should have re-signed these guys. Extend them. Give them all the money. It's more so of this. Mike Rizzo has a vision for this Nationals team. He has a vision, and he has done this rebuild before. You have to have young farm prospects on this team in order to have a chance to compete. And some people just don't understand that facet of it. A lot of people just look at it and point at the Dodgers and say, but look, they're spending money. Look, the Mets, look how much money they spend. Money doesn't equal success in Major League Baseball. Now, while spending money helps your team a ton, while it helps your team win, while it can help your team win, not for everyone, New York Mets, it's not that simple. Because look at these teams like the Dodgers. The Dodgers, while they spend all the money in the world, yes, they do. But also, they have a top three farm system in all of baseball, and it's not even close. Their player development side. You have a James Altman this year, a rookie, a sixth-round pick who's come in and has been pretty dominant for this for this Dodgers team, rather. You have a player development side, and that is the most important thing rather than letting these stars walk or signing these stars to X amount of dollars. So at the end of the day, you may ask yourself, if we did keep Anthony Rendon, Scherzer, Turner, Soto, Harper, would the Nationals be better? Probably. But also, the Nationals had nothing in the farm system. You wouldn't have Brady House. You wouldn't have James Wood, Robert Hassel, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, all these different guys. The Nationals would have had to start from scratch. And we know, while we love Mike Rizzo, I love Mike Rizzo. I still think he's one of the game's best decision makers in all of baseball. But he hasn't hit in the draft too well. And some of that is... For selling off pieces at the deadline. Some of that is. And it's a very good and true point. You still just can't look at that and say. Yeah that's why. This Nationals team. Hasn't been able to produce. Down in the farm system. The way that the Dodgers have. Even the way that the New York Mets have. Look at the Cleveland Guardians. They seem to be competitive every single year. And you may ask yourself why. They don't spend the money. But they build through the farm system. And while it's not all about the farm system, my whole general point is it's not all about spending the money here. And I think Thomas Boswell, he kind of highlighted that real well in this story. So you should check that out. But the Nationals, they need to get back into producing farm talent from their own way. Because all these guys, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, we didn't sign these guys in free agency. We develop them on our own, through our own drafts, through our own trades. Getting the development of these guys is key. And that is where they have to do before they even spend all this money in the world. Because it's a ton, a ton of talent that you need to go and win. It's a ton. You all know that. But you also have to have the prospects and the farm system and the development staff to actually develop these guys and get the best out of them. So that is why this Nationals team, were they right 
to let Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon and all these guys walk away from them? Probably right. They probably made the right decision trading away Juan Soto last deadline and getting the value that you did for him. You were probably right trading away Max Scherzer and Trey Turner two deadlines ago to get Josiah Gray, who's now one of your best pitchers, to get Keybert Ruiz, who's been on the rise. All these different things add up. So it's not as easy as, oh, the Nationals let these guys walk. They won. Nah, it's not that easy. You have to consider the fact that this Nationals team continues to need to develop these prospects because we've done it before and we will do it again in my book because you got Brady House. You have Robert Hassel, James Wood, Cade Cavalli, Jake Bennett. You got a lot of guys down in the farm system that will be coming up soon. And oh, by the way, the Nationals have multiple picks in the top 45 this in this year's draft. Get ready because there's going to be a lot of talent in this farm system in a few weeks from now, and really just about 10 days from now. So keep your eye out on that. That's an interesting conversation. And again, check that out over on the Washington Post with Thomas Boswell. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. And it is an off day, so we're going to not preview a series tonight because there is no game. The Nationals get ready to play the Phillies in tomorrow's match. But we're going to take this off day. It's going to be an evergreen episode. We're going to take a look around the National League East because boy, oh boy, has it been an interesting one. We're going to discuss that right after this. And now let's get into it as the National League East filled with the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves, the Miami Marlins, the Washington Nationals, and last but definitely least, the Philadelphia Filthies. The NL East has been a wild one so far this season. And you may ask yourself, has it really been that wild? Yes, it has been that wild. You have the team like the New York Mets, who have spent more money and more everything than anyone else in this world. And no, oh, by the way, they have a very good farm system with young talent everywhere. They had multiple top 20 prospects with Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty, who are now in the majors, making a difference for them. But how big of a difference, you may ask? How big of a difference are they really making? Because right now, as we sit here today, they are only four games up from your Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals that are at 32 and 48. The New York Mets, they're at 36 and 44. And if you aren't aware, Steve Cohen, their owner, their multi, 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 multi multi-billionaire owner, had a press conference yesterday. And while I will admit, I think it was actually really cool that he had that press conference. I think he did the right thing by his fan base and by everyone who wanted answers to all the questions going out there about that team. Because he knows this is an ultimate disappointment for this team. You sign Max Scherzer. You get Justin Verlander. You get all these different guys. You trade for Francisco Lindor. All the different talent that you have spent on, that you have acquired trade capital for. All these different things. And you have a losing record. You're 17 games behind the Atlanta Braves in the beginning of July. What a joke that is. What a joke the New York Mets have been so far in this 2023 season. And just to kind of tie in this last segment with it, that's why spending isn't everything. You still have to have structure. You have to have the manager in place, which, oh, by the way, I love Buck Showalter. You're on the hot seat, my friend. 
Steve Cohen did acknowledge the fact that they do believe he will be there throughout the rest of the 2023 season. But man, I don't know. I don't know how he can make it. I don't know who's going to be the scapegoat. Is it really Buck's fault? Probably not. But also, we've seen the decisions that he's made or the decisions that he hasn't made. Buck Showalter is a perfectly fine manager. Bro, to what ask? Does this guy, is he the genius of a, I don't know, name that genius? Charlie Manuel back in the day, I believe was genius. I believe he made great decisions. Dusty Baker at times can make solid decisions, although some of his decisions have hurt his team in the playoffs, a.k.a. the 2017-2016 Washington Nationals. But the New York Mets, man, what a disaster this has been for them this year. But a team that hasn't been a disaster and has been a relatively fun watch, the Miami Marlins. Now, I always kind of go in every year and I'm like, ah, the Marlins will Marlins. They'll find their way to really blow it. But no, this team is legit. They're on a four-game winning streak right now. And right now, they're only six and a half games back from the Atlanta Braves, who, oh, by the way, are very good again. Of course they are. The Miami Marlins have been a fun team. They got Yuri Perez, a top-five prospect in all of baseball. He's legit. Sandy Alcantara, he went seven innings for the first time, it seems like, forever the other night. The Miami Marlins are a legit team. Then let's look at the flip side of this equation. A team that started awfully slow but has now kind of worked their way back. Seems to be what they do every single season. The Philadelphia Filthies, sitting at 42-37, and 37, Bryce Harper leading the way, Kyle Schwarber getting hot, Trey Turner doing what Trey Turner does. They've won three straight games. They're 10 and a half games back in the National League East. Are they really a threat, though? I look at Rob Thompson. I like the manager. I like the decision maker. I like the the in-game planning and the in-game moves that he does. I think he's a forward thinker, which I love as a manager. But they're also kind of in this Mets category. You spent on Trey Turner, who we love Trey Turner. You spent on Kyle Schwarber. We love Schwarber. You spent on Bryce Harper, obviously. Zach Wheeler, you got the pitching. You got all these different things. Taiwan Walker, who's been really bad. (laughs) This team has been a disaster almost as well. And while they only sit 10 and a half games back from the Braves, while their wild card shots are still looking pretty good, this team has also been a disappointment. You got to the World Series last year representing the National League. And in my opinion, you kind of got there a little fluky. But this Phillies team, they're a very good team. They're just also kind of underperforming. Even though I still think the National League East is probably the best division in all of baseball. Some people would say the AL West or the NL West, or maybe the AL East. You could definitely say that as well. But I think the NL East is also up in there as one of the better divisions in all of baseball. Because you got the Rays in the AL East, the Orioles, the Yankees without judge, the Blue Jays who have been a little bit of a disappointment in my mind. I think they could have been a lot better. And the Red Sox, who are just one game under 500, who is dead last in their division. That's a competitive division like the NL East because the NL East, similar to the AL East, is kind of that competitive factor to where these teams could play each other any day and anyone could win. The NL East and the AL East have always kind of been the wild, wild West. It's a little tricky there considering the East Coast, West Coast, but you get the point. The NL East this year has been a wild one. 
And when you have a team like the New York Mets who spend all the money in the world, and this is really one that I wanted to talk about here, just to tie in that last segment. When you have the Mets that spend all this money, you see what people expect from you. They expect for you to be good. But that's not all the things that happen, people. You need to have those farm system guys to plug in those holes. You need the starting pitching depth. You need the bullpen. And the Mets, when you watch them, nothing has clicked for them on every single night. And what I mean, the offense, the defense, the pitching, none of it has clicked in one game this year. It has been inconsistent. Mets fans, they're showing it. They're not showing up anymore. That is what the NL East has been like this year. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. The Nationals do not play tonight. It was a nice little off day. We got to take a trip around the NL East. We got to look at the trade deadline. And we also got to talk about some of our old friends here in Washington, D.C. with this Nationals squad. So I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. We will preview the Philly series tomorrow. Have a good one.